ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in. It's the Monday, May 21st edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And as always on Monday, we're coming to you live from the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington, where the Monday specials are now until the end of time. $1.50 bottles and $2 call shots. It's death taxes and the Monday special here at the Union Pub and Grill, the three things you can depend on. So we got a lot to get into today. Uh, Kevin Long's going to join me on phone here in a few minutes. We're going to talk a little bit about Marshall women's soccer with him, get caught up on what's happening with him. And, of course, we've got a lot of basketball to get into. Uh, we'll start with what's happening with the Thundering Herd. First of all, we talked to Dan D'Antoni a few days ago, and he let us know that they had added a JUCO transfer, Michael Byers. Now, it's official today. We got the official release from Thundering Herd earlier. Here's what Dan Tony said about him and the release. Michael is a complete player. He can play one through five and guard anyone. He is a positionless player, so he has the ability to shoot inside and outside. Says that we are excited to see his growth as a player and a person while his body catches up with his growth. So it sounds like he's going to be in the weight room a little bit. He's a transfer from Mesa Community College in Mesa, Arizona. He's going to be immediately eligible. That means he will be on the court as soon as Danny determines he's ready to go. He's got three years remaining at Marshall. Now, while at Mesa, he shot 55.9% on field goals, which that amassed to 76 of 136. That's pretty good. 48.3% from behind the arc. He was 29 of 60 there. And he made 76.7% of his free throws, which is 23 of 30. Now, he averaged 7.3 points and 2.5 rebounds in under uh, a little bit over nine minutes per play. So that's where he stands right now. Now, during his high school days at the Desert High School, he was named the Class 4A Black Canyon Regional Player of the Year after he averaged almost 18 points a contest and over 11 rebounds. He was flirting with 12 rebounds a game. Joins the recruiting class now. He's wrapping up uh, the recruiting for Mr. Dan D'Antoni. 2018-19's wrapped up because they've also got Tavion Kinsey, uh, Jeremy Dillon, Cameron Brooks-Harris, and, of course, Ante Sustic. They are all on the roster now. We'll keep an eye on this, but Dan talked about him a few days ago before the release came out, and we've got that on our podcast page. All you have to do is search for the show. You can go to Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio. Also, we are on TuneIn, so you can find us on wherever you get your podcast. Now, that's not only the good news that we've got today. This one, I thought this was a no-brainer, but still, it's official now. Guess what? C.J. Burks is coming back. C.J., of course, declaring himself for the NBA draft. Did not sign an agent, so he announced today that he's going to withdraw from the 2018 NBA draft. He's going to return to the Thundering Herd to finish out his collegiate career with Marshall. Here's what he said in the release. He says he's really happy to come back for his senior year. He said that Marshall has some of the best fans in the country, and the Henderson Center is one of the best environments to play in. He's really excited, he added in the release, for what we can do as a team next year and for one last season with Marshall. Now, you got to give him credit. you got to go out there and see if the NBA has uh, some good thoughts about you, and I'm sure he got a lot 
about what his game needs to do to improve. But he's already a superstar in his own right, a member of the All-Conference USA second team. I thought he was really right there for first team. He was flirting with that, but he's on the second team. He's also a two-time Conference USA Player of the Week, so he's going to return to the team. He led the team in field goals at 260. Also, his free throw percentage was up there, 88.9%. Here's a guy who was on the court scoring every game for you. He averaged over 20 points a contest. He made three-pointers like they were going out of style. He had 86 of them. His three-point field goal percentage was 36.4%, and he made free throws. That's important. You get to the charity stripe, you make free throws. He amassed 96 of those. Now, here's a guy who, through 93 career games, ranks on the program's all-time list for points, 31st. His field goals puts him at 29, his three-pointers at 12, his three-point field goal percentage at 24, and his free throw percentage at 6. Also, this is a guy who, I'm telling you, it's a great decision for him to come back, but once he gets his senior season over with, I'm sure Marshall is going to be a lot better far as getting back maybe to the conference championship. You've got to have him back. But this is a guy who is right now a leader as far as what the program's doing. During the 2017-18 season, he was among the leaders in program history for several single-season records, not just uh, team records, but single-season records, including points at 702. That puts him number four. Points per game at 27. Field goals, which puts him at five, and made three-pointers, which puts him at seven. And his free throw percentage puts him at three. Also, just one of 26 players in Division I basketball since the 1992-93 season to go over 700 points, 83s, and he shot at least 88% from the line in the same season. So that doesn't happen very often. Also, you put him together with – anybody else on that team, and I think you've got an amazing scoring duo, but he was also one half of the first Marshall scoring duo to average at least 20 points per game since Hal Greer and Leo Bird accomplished that in the 57-58 season. For a lot of us, we don't remember that. We weren't here, but for those Herd fans who still remember that, that was an amazing time. So good news for Marshall basketball today. I think that's a great decision from C.J. Burks to make sure that he comes back, finishes his college career, gets his degree, and he also did a good thing by going without an agent, checked out what it might take to get into the NBA because I'm sure he's got aspirations to make the NBA after his college career is over. Sort of what John Elmore did. Elmore goes in, gets a feel for what they're doing, what they're asking, what he can do to be better, and then he came back, and I thought he was a better player. I think CJ's going to come back and be a better player as well. When we come back from break, we're going to talk to Kevin Long. He'll join us on the phone, and we're going to get caught up on what's happening with women's soccer. Later on, we will get your phone calls in. I do want to remind you we're here at the Union Pub and Grill, where every Monday it's $1.50 bottles and $2 call shots. And, of course, the place to be is 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington to take advantage of all these specials here at the Union Pub and Grill. We've got more on the way. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9. 30.
first edition, The Drive, continues here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I want to welcome to the program now. It's always fun to talk to the head soccer coach of the Marshall women's team, Kevin Long, who now joins us on the program. And, Kevin, you've been pretty busy out there. There's been a lot going on with uh, what you've been doing lately as far as recruiting. You've got camps coming up. You just unveiled your soccer schedule. No rest for the weary, is there, Kevin? Okay, we're not hearing Kevin here, so we'll get that corrected here in a second. I want to remind you, we're coming to you from the Union Pub and Grill. Dollar fifty bottles, $2 call shots, our Monday special. Let's uh, come back to the phone now. We've got joining us on the program the head soccer coach of the Marshall women's team, Kevin Long, and coach, pretty busy uh, offseason for you so far. Without a doubt. Can you hear me now? Hear you clearly. We're good. Oh, oh great. You know, I was just saying, as the players, as the players have all kind of gone their own way, uh, you would think that things get a little easier and less hectic, but uh, uh, we're all on the road recruiting. We're we're certainly uh, getting prepared for the fall season, some logistics with travel, things like that, and and really just trying to uh, get us back to where we where where we think we belong, which is towards the top of that conference standings. Let's talk about the schedule. When putting this together, what were your goals to put this schedule together? Were you looking for something a little bit more challenging? Were you looking for something a little bit more travel-friendly? What were your goals, and did you meet them? Well, it's hard to find travel-friendly, right, when, when, when you're putting it together. We're looking to compete. We want to find some different um, regional and a little out-of-regional um, balance um, as we go forward. Based on the years that we've had over the last couple years, we were looking for something to kind of give us a better gauge, a better preparation uh, stepping into the conference schedule. Because as, as with most sports uh, across the country and certainly in Conference USA, uh, our, bread, our, our, our business is done in conference play. So we just want to make sure that we uh, found a roster of teams that could help us uh, competitively prepare for that conference schedule. And, uh, and we think we did that. At the same time, get some exciting names out there. So... Uh, so I'm eager, and I think the team's eager to kind of get on the road and start that trip up in New York. Who are you most looking forward to facing as far as putting this team out there against the, 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 on that schedule? Or is this a collection of teams you're just excited about? I think when you look at the non-conference schedule, it's going to start in the week. It's that opening weekend. You know, we've, uh, we're coming back, and it's not only a big recruiting year, you know, a year where we're, we're eager to see our new recruits come and play. But I think what you find is that based on the adversity we've overcome the last couple of years, we're kind of looking for that first weekend to kind of – it's kind of everybody gets to uh, kind of shake off the last couple of years of injuries and, and where we were, and it's a, it's a beginning, and we're hoping that uh, that weekend bodes well for us. The results for sure, we all want to win. But I think what we really want to do is see – we haven't seen who we can be at our best in so long based on the, the numbers of – season-ending injuries we've had over the last two years, we're, we're kind of excited to kind of step into that weekend with uh, as close to what our starting lineup uh, should be. That's the first time in almost two years that we've been able to do that. So we're kind of eager for that. I think that's the weekend that you look for. How frustrating this has it been? You, you think you've got a good team and you're ready to go and then injuries just dash everything. And for the rest of your squad, they're still trying to put together a decent season, but you know the back of your mind that this isn't the season it could have been. Yeah, you're always fighting in those scenarios, and I think that's what we had last year. We we got pretty excited at some point. We were 
we were um, looking to move Jane Lawman um, from the back line to a little higher in the field, and it was a, it was a uh, it was the training session right before we started conference play, and, and that's when Jane went down. So every time we thought we were we were building into a real positive move, the next thing you knew, we lost a player, and uh, it was frustrating. But I'll tell you what. The players showed a lot of grit, and they showed a lot of resolve, and, and I'm real proud of them. They never gave up, and, and they recognized that they were competitive and good. We just we Every time, we, we had a new lineup almost every game just because we, we had to fill a hole left by another injured player. And, uh, and so I think, like I said, I, frustrating, yes, but at the end we're kind of now that we've brushed that off, but now we're just eager and excited about starting again come August. Now, I've noticed that you're going to be traveling a lot. You've got a, a few good matches at home, and I say a few only because you start off against Moorhead State, and then you're on the road, back for a couple, on the road. I guess that's life in Conference USA as well. It really is. And, and you know, it's uh, Huntington's not a, a destination location for a lot of teams that we play. So, so you know, to get them to come in is a little tougher sometimes. But, um, uh we're we're happy with the schedule. The travel that we have, like away game to Ohio U, doesn't really. I mean, it's away. Uh, it's not our home field. It's not something we're, we're used to. So it's an away game. But as far as being proximity wise, we, we're not really treating that as uh, an away game the same way we would treat El Paso. Um, and so it, while it says away, it's it. I'm not sure it has the wear and tear that uh, that some of our travel schedules have had in, in years past. No, and, and you, you wisely have a game in New Jersey and you have uh, a game in New York, so at least you're not going from point A to point B in a couple of days. Same thing with High Point and Gardner-Webb. You're going to be in North Carolina, so really it's not going to be as taxing, I would imagine, to just make the trek, trek from New Jersey to New Point. I mean, yeah, I've, I've driven those roads, so it's kind of crazy, but still, it's not that far. No, you're absolutely right. We do that on purpose, and that opening weekend – away it serves a couple purposes uh in the sense that the kids have been working so hard for preseason um maybe get a little cooler temperature at night up there maybe and uh um and give them a little different scenery where uh where i know that they can get tired of just seeing me uh every day so that that trip up to army and fdu should be a good one fdu is a, a team that wins their conference or is in the finals almost every year well coached well a uh, good playing team uh, and army i think is a, a great opportunity for us to uh, be on a fantastic campus, uh, playing against a team that will, will not quit on us, uh, will not quit. They'll keep playing and playing. Um, and uh, that's a pretty special place at West Point. So uh, I think we're eager to kind of get up there and, uh, like I said, start new, but kind of it's an away trip, but I don't think I don't think it's the type of away trips that uh, wear us. Like, like I think later in the year um, we travel to uh, uh, San Antonio, um, that's a big one, you know. Um, previous years, we've traveled down to uh, uh, FIU, and then another weekend we'd have to try down to FAU. So there's different years, they're different, uh, of course. But I don't see this as a very. Uh, it could be a much worse schedule uh, with our away travel for sure. Kevin Long joins us, Marshall's soccer coach. So. You've been busy not only with recruiting, getting that taken care of, and you've got camps as well and getting this scheduled together. Let's get with recruiting first. Uh, who are you most excited about if uh, some of the signees you've got coming in, or what do each of them bring to this team that maybe you were missing or you're just excited to have? 
Yeah, we we have one of the smallest classes that I've ever recruited. So each player is definitely expected to bring in a certain level of punch, right? And uh, excited is, is probably the wrong word or, or overused, but each of them have a great impact. So Emery Biggs comes from Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, she's a phenomenal midfielder, an attacking mind. But I'll tell you what, in, in recruiting her, she brings something that we, I won't say have been missing, but uh, she brings something at a higher level, a level of grit, like, a fight in her when she plays, uh, it's kind of fun to watch because she uh, she kind of takes losing the ball personally. She takes uh, uh, anytime somebody steals a pass, she's she's got great <laughs> uh, great energy and winning it back. And we love that men- that mental attitude coming in as a freshman. We want her to to stick with that and start with that right away. And a good player all the way around, but that mentality is something that we want to be uh, have contagious. We want players to hate the idea of losing, hate the idea of not being successful to the point where it drives us, uh, you know, further into the success column. We bring in a, a, a player off the West Coast, um, another goalkeeper. Uh, when we see her and you read her stats, she's really tiny. Lindsay's a tiny player. She's a tiny person. But the explosiveness that she brings from that position, I think, will impress. And so for, for we've, we've had some great keepers come in. Um, Megan's going to be challenged right off the bat. We'll have two keepers in uniform this next year. Um, so I'm eager to see the challenge, and I'm eager to see how that battle and goal day in and day out in training brings the best out of both of those players. And then, and then again, it's a small class. We have a third player who's coming in, and she's local, and that's Tesha, Tesha Shrey. So she came right from our own Huntington High School. And uh, eager to see what she brings from the midfield position of poise and composure, delivering uh, – great range of passes uh, she can defend and she can join the attack really well she'll anchor and kind of get ready to um, fill in some areas of need where we need it in the defensive side so eager to see these three play but it's I was telling you earlier like it's we bring in three players but the bonus is we also bring back about five or six injured players that we lost last year uh, we got to see Mets Gonzalez come back in the spring and Mets had a, a quad pool uh, that was really kind of um, it was kind of a quirky injury. We thought we were going to get her back, but the injury kind of persisted all year. Mets started and played almost every game, uh, if not every game, for freshman year, and then we didn't play her at all her sophomore year. Um, we we need her, and we we got to see her down at Tech in the spring. Uh, we saw her play. She looked a lot a lot more like the player that we needed in the fall, and that was great to see because it it took a long time for her to get back. So we get Mets back. We get Jane's out there. Uh, Jane uh, tore ACL uh, uh, in the season, like I said earlier. Jane's out there kicking the ball and running and working hard, and she too is looking great. And she's a player that we really want back out in that lineup. We want her back to uh, back to full strength as best we can. Uh, so we, it's not just that three-player recruiting class coming in; it's the addition of some of these injured players that we really uh, were missing. Some players have been out for two years. Kylie. Kylie Sluster is a player whose name has been mentioned a while because she's had a, uh, an injury that's affected her the last two, two seasons. So she's coming back from quite a rest, <laughs> if you look at it that way. So we, we bring in the three uh, players, and then we bring in a slew of players who are kind of dying to get, get back at it. And, and that, that, I think, that hunger should bode us pretty well. Kevin Long's our guest, Marshall's women's soccer coach. And not only is recruiting a forefront of your mind and all the scheduling, you got camps coming up, and I'm sure this is um, really chaos organized, right, with all the youngsters <laughs> out there, and, and uh, you wouldn't trade a thing in the world for it, for it, William. 
No, you know, I, I've been I've been so fortunate. I've played soccer since I was five, and we won't talk about how many years that is. But uh, uh, I've been blessed. This great game has, has uh, been a part of my life for so long. My mom and dad played. And so we have camps this summer. We're trying to um, build not only the skills of the game, but re- really more importantly for some of those youth camps is a love for the game that wants them coming back for more and more. So we've got um, a day camp starting July 23rd through 27th. And then we'll we'll finish the summer finish the summer in August with an ID camp for the more advanced players who are looking to try to be seen by college campuses. So um, between that and the travels that we do and and the exciting news of the different events being um, brought back, they're coming back to West Virginia. Some youth events in the in the next two years. Uh, it's kind of an exciting time for the area, and we want to we want to make sure that we kind of do our part in, in kind of continuing and, and growing that love for the game and those young players. It certainly can take them a long way. I'm glad you brought that up. As far as all of the youth soccer players that are coming to the area, and of course it's going to be spread out across the southern part of West Virginia, at least that I-64 corridor, and Huntington, of course, is a, a big part of that. How how do you get involved, or as a, as a coach at Division One level, you know what can you do as far as I know you can attend, but you know is it just visual presence to think, oh hey hey Marshall's down the road here. What what can you and can't do as far as being involved with with all these age groups? Well, the scope is pretty big. You know, there's certainly some recruiting rules for the recruiting ages, but just this past weekend, the State Youth Soccer <clears throat> Association put on a tournament at the Barbersville Park, just a few miles from campus. We had a, uh, a handful of players out there, and just our visual presence, uh, we had players, uh, families coming up to us, and, and uh, young players excited about talking with the Marshall players, uh, uh, families talking about coming out in the fall. So part of it is clearly uh, visibility. And, uh, and, and the other part is making sure that the state and, and uh, players alike know that Marshall's invested. We, we as a group are invested in growing the game of soccer in the state of West Virginia. Uh, I was running parking all weekend. <laughs> so talking about investment, we're out there. I was out there for some long days with the players and the team, with our other coaches, and we're out there uh, helping that group uh, have a successful event. We'll do the same thing come uh, mid-June when the, the, uh, another tournament, another youth tournament comes to the same area, and we'll, uh, we'll help in any way that we can to, to grow that game. So that's one aspect of help. And then when the – what was announced, I guess, just a few weeks ago, what was announced was some more competitive events. So when the regional tournament, which is uh, essentially uh, some of the top 16 teams in the region from Virginia to Maine, um, when they come to town in 19, that'll be an opportunity for us to help out like we are, and it will also be an opportunity for us to recruit right in our own backyard. We won't have to, we won't have to travel. We'll sleep in our own bed and the best players some of the best players certainly will be coming right to us, which is going to be great. Kevin Long is our guest. Uh, it's been a good catch back up with you. We haven't done it in a while. And uh, sounds like uh, we've got an exciting soccer season coming up for you. Well, we certainly hope so. We certainly hope so. Definitely different. You know, that's what you look for in each of the years. Different and where we're coming from, we're eager to see a little bit of a difference. It sounds like at least my old joke with you, who your keeper is going to be, <laughs> will have a little bit more meat to it now that you've got some competition at that position again. We do. You know, Emily, we just graduated Emily Moreland, who was, who was a very good competitor for us and helped quite a bit. Uh, she was fantastic off the field and leadership. Um, this is a new – the difference is that now we bring a new entity in. And so um, our goalkeeper, our team, is eager to see the new keeper come in. And it's such a 
crucial position, uh, that competition between those two players can really grow and, and be contagious throughout the team. And uh, what they, you, you know it as well as I do, I competition is going to breed success, and, and I think both players will be able to push each other to kind of newfound heights. Our existing keeper, Megan Benelli, is coming back for junior year. Megan, she doesn't know what to expect in Lindsay uh, and the unknown, that, that, I don't know if you want to call it fear of the unknown, but that clearly the, the unknown might push her a little, little bit higher in her preparation over the summer uh, because we've, we've certainly not promised anything to anyone. You know, we, we're in the business of winning games, and we want to make sure that the best players take the field. So, so with that said, go ahead, keepers, get at it. Kevin Long is our guest. Good catching up with you. We're going to do it again real soon, I hope. I hope so. Good talking to you, and take care. Thanks, Kevin. That's Kevin Long, head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We're here at the Union Pub and Grill. want to remind you, every Monday it's $1.50 bottles and $2 call shots. Of course, if you're looking for sports entertainment, we've got you covered with all the big screens. And, of course, the best Monday special in town. It's the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. More on the way. This is The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan, here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Monday edition. We're here at the Union Pub and Grill where $1.50 bottles and $2 call shots are your Monday special. All you have to do is get down to the Union Pub and Grill. It's 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. That's where you need to be. And, of course, I'm sure a lot of us are going to be down here tonight watching a little NBA basketball action as uh, the Rockets and Golden State. And, of course, you've got Cleveland and the Celtics and all of that basketball action that's going on for the rest of the week. So excited about that. Hey, how about LeBron the other day? The Cleveland Cavaliers are not dead. Can you believe that? After two games where the Celtics just, I don't know, we'll get into the Celtics. They were definitely on top of everything, and then all of a sudden LeBron's now in comeback mode. So if LeBron and company can get game four, all of a sudden we've got a series again. I don't know if it – is me, but I don't think that the Cavs can go seven. I don't think they have seven in them. They might make it interesting, but I don't think they've got seven in them. And, of course, that's going to take place tonight. 8.30 is going to be tip time for that. We're going to go on the air. We've got the game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 at 8 o'clock. So game number four, the Cavaliers uh, prevent the 3-0 lead by the Celtics, and they take charge in that one. And so they can make this a 2-2 series, or they can go down the whole 3-1. They've gotten themselves out of 3-1 deficits before. I just don't know if LeBron's got enough in him, if this is going to go 7. So that's where we stand with that. And, of course, we've got hockey action for you tonight as well over on our sister station, Cat Sports 93-3 and 1340. As tonight's an elimination game, Tampa Bay could beat Washington, and Tampa could join Vegas in the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, We'll keep an eye on that Washington game as far as uh, who's going to win that or not. I think Washington might come back and force a game seven. But more interesting from the NHL was the Vegas Golden Knights. That's the story right now because Golden Knights in their first NHL season, what do they do? They get to the Stanley Cup final. That's unthinkable. That is just 
impossible in a lot of people's minds. Well, guess what? They are there. They have been an outstanding story for not just the city of Las Vegas, but the NHL as well. This is an expansion team, which I think a lot of people who are maybe not normally into hockey have gravitated to. And they're also a fun team. My team's not in the playoffs. I'm a New York Rangers fan. If you listen to the show, you know that. But the Vegas Golden Knights have been a fun team where everyone can just jump on board with that. You feel like you're not jumping on necessarily the bandwagon because they're a new team. And so I think the NHL's got to be pretty excited that Las Vegas is in the Stanley Cup. This is going to be a great storyline for them. They're sort of drawing up the blueprint for what expansion teams have got to do in the future. Now, the next expansion team coming in is more than likely going to be in Seattle, and if that's the case, I don't think Seattle's going to be able to make the run the way that Vegas has done. It, who knows? It could happen. But that's just been an outstanding story, and I think that's why right now the NHL playoffs, again, have been more exciting. But... I will say this, if LeBron and the Cavaliers can get that game four against Boston, all of a sudden we've got a series in the East, and I think that becomes a little bit more interesting. Now, I just don't know about the West, how we're going to get a series out of that. It looks like the Golden State Warriors are right back to where they are as far as just surging along. I, I thought Houston would give them more of a battle, and still we got some games to go. I just don't know if Mike D'Antoni and his squad have got enough for Golden State. Golden State looks like they are right back to where they are used to being these last few years. And speaking of Golden State, I don't know if you were following this, but Kevin Durant, I'm a big Charles Barkley fan, but i got to give it to Kevin Durant for just basically pointing out the most obvious to Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley has been known to say a thing or two. That has been, I don't know, a little over the top. He's been known to do that. And so, Sunday night, after the game, Kevin Durant's in a good mood, right? I mean, he should be. He should be in a great mood. The Warriors just plowed Houston. And so, Kevin should be in a great mood. Scores 25 points. It's a 126-85 just bashing of Houston. And... Kevin Durant, unfortunately, had to put up with Charles Barkley because this is what Barkley did. He questioned Durant about his teammate, Draymond Green. He said in the interview, is Draymond Green as annoying in person as he is on television? And this is what Barkley asked during the post-game roundtable discussion, not focusing on the game itself. Now, I understand you want to ask some questions, and there's a time and place for personality-driven sports, and there's a time and place for a breakdown of sports. I don't know if this was necessarily the time or place for a question like that. It's, I want to know about the game. Maybe I'm a little more old school than some, but I want to know more about the game. Instead, the question is, um, is he annoying in person? So he asked that question, and Durant just this was completely bothered. He said, you should go talk to him. He's downstairs. And, of course, if you ever watch TNT's coverage, you know Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Smith, they're also going to just prod him. And just they told him, go on down there. Just told him, go on down there. I want to watch a post-game analysis. Uh, I want to watch a little bit more of a breakdown of the game. I get it. 
you've got those three fun personalities, and I think they can be fun at the same time. The game's over. Give me a little bit uh, of a of more of a breakdown. I don't need to know if so-and-so is annoying or not. I don't need to know that. Again, that's why I like watching the NHL playoffs a lot more than I like watching the NBA. I like it better. I get it's more sports for me. It's more sports-oriented. I'm not getting stupid. Now, all right, you might look at me and say, um, Jeremy Roenick. Okay, yeah. Yes, you, you got me there, but still. Barkley just doing what Barkley does again. More on the way. We're coming to you live from the Union Pub and Grill. It's 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. This is The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. It's ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the May 21st edition. It's your drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming to you live from the Union Pub and Grill. Every Monday, we're here at 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. Monday special, $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots. And, of course, Herb and the gang here at the Union Pub and Grill. So, you know, television has always been sort of a fascination for me as far as not, not television itself, but the sports media, not just television, radio, Internet, streaming, over-the-top programming. All of that's been really been fascinating to me for years. I guess it's a new world when it comes to the many ways that television and media streaming and broadcasting and digital has really affected the sports world. Now, if you look at why sometimes you see so much disparity in conferences, it's because you see these crazy television deals. Well, apparently Fox has got so much money to burn that they're throwing money away because today we're getting reports. Now, I just want to go into this briefly because it's just fascinating to see that the WWE is now going to cash in a reported $1 billion for five years for their wrestling program, SmackDown. Now, if you follow wrestling, you know that on Monday night, Raw is the main show. It's the brand. It's the signature wrestling program for 25 years. And the secondary show has always been SmackDown. It started a few years after the Raw brand. So you've got two major broadcast uh, platforms here for wrestling. You've got Raw and SmackDown. Now, SmackDown is reportedly going to be getting a billion dollars. So that brand is bringing in a billion dollars. It's going to be spread out over several years. And Fox is picking up the program. They are looking to put this on the, the broadcast portion of their network, not Fox Sports 1, but they're actually going to put this on Fox proper. And that's interesting because that will be the largest brand of sports entertainment that anyone has ever seen. Now, I don't know if this is going to prompt a new uh, wrestling war between the brands just because NBC, which owns uh, Universal, which, of course, is part of USA Network, could go, mm, you know what? Let's put that on NBC because that's the premier product right now. And this is just fascinating to me that live sports still continues to bring in money. And I can't sit there and put my finger on why Conference USA hasn't been more aggressive 
to getting a better television deal. There's a reason why I brought this up. WWE is getting paid about $445 million per year from USA Network and Fox. Now, granted, this is weekly programming, and this is uh, usually the, the best night of programming on cable television as far as maybe attracting wrestling. But I just can't sit there and think to myself, what is it going to take for Conference USA to not get this level of money, but get to a point where, hey, here's your product, and make it attractive a little bit. Again, you saw I was going to work it back around a little bit. But here's the deal. One, wrestling, not the not, not UFC, wrestling, which is scripted, is going to be on Fox. Not FS1, but Fox. And they're going to probably make it a live show. They're probably going to put it on Fridays. And that's going to be interesting as far as logistical nature of this business. Also, um, I think this is an attempt by Fox to try to boost their their brand a little bit. Uh, I don't know if Friday is going to be the best night for a live program like this. So if sporting events, maybe not so well on Fridays. Saturdays, of course, are much better. The midweeks, much better. You don't see that many sporting events on Friday, the high profile. You just don't. I mean, that's why ESPN sort of, have, hey, here's a secondary game. We're putting it on Friday. I'm just kind of curious how this is going to work out. So I thought I'd bring that up just briefly just because uh, $1 billion, you, you've got to mention that, $1 billion. Uh, that's a big deal when it comes to sports media. I guess you're not going to see Thundering Herd uh, on FS1 anytime soon. I don't think Marshall – can get on the big network because of the Conference USA package. Why? Because Fox probably doesn't have any money right now. We want to remind you we're here at the Union Pump and Grill. We're just about ready to wrap up the show, but it's going to go on all day, all night here. You come every Monday to take advantage of the $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots, the Monday special, of course. You've got sports action for you tonight. Yes, there's some basketball action to watch tonight. Don't forget, you can watch, of course, Boston take on Cleveland. It's game four of that series. And right now, Boston is ahead two games to one, but Cleveland came thundering back in game three. We'll see if that can continue or if this is going to be a 3-1 deficit for the Cavaliers. You can listen to that game right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll have that one for you coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. Also, over on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340, we have got Tampa Bay and Washington. That is game number six in the Eastern Conference Final. If Tampa Bay wins tonight, they're going to the Stanley Cup to take on Las Vegas. If they lose, it's going to game seven. My money is on Tampa Bay, but I'd like to see Washington force a game seven here. And finally tonight, before we call tonight, I do want to remind you that you need to check out our auction right now that's going on our website. It's at WRVC.com, and it's to benefit the Marcelo Latterman Memorial Scholarship Fund. Of course, this benefits Marshall. And what makes this special is that the family a few years ago came down for the first time, and they took part of the Marshall Fountain Ceremony really found a, uh, a wellspring that they, they just never experienced before. And they're trying to put together a long-lasting scholarship in their brother's name. Marcelo Waterman, of course, on the Marshall Plain, which part of that tragic night. So he is uh, 
someone that uh, they are trying to basically, in his name, you know, bring something good to Marshall University and, of course, the young people who will benefit from these scholarships. Here are the auction items. Again, you can go to our website at wrvc.com. First of all, we've got a really beautiful Wilson golf bag. High bid right now for this is valued. It's valued at $300. High bid right now is at $70. You can see the photo. It's uh, it's beautiful. It has the Marshall 75 logo on it. Um, it's really beautiful. And if you are looking for a golf bag, this is the bag to get. Now, they've got some big events as well that you can get for a steal. Like, there is a Myrtle Beach golf trip. It is uh, something that you and three of your friends can take advantage of. You can play golf with carts included at three courses in North Myrtle. And and you, you can get access to Diamondback as well. So you've got three nights lodging at the Sands Ocean Club Resort. There are also different amenities that go along with this. The approximate value for this is 1100 Current high bid is 175 Auction closes on Friday. Somebody's going to walk away here. Also, there is a letter, a framed copy of the original letter that President Richard Nixon sent to the Marshall football team, Coach Jack Lingle. This is uh, a letter that they got before the Young Thundering Hurts first game in September of 71. There are a couple of poems that are framed with it as well, uh, written by Bob Compton, who was a member of the 1971 team. It is uh, valued at $100, and somebody really wants this because right now the high bid is $123, a beautiful item. And then finally, we've got one item that if you're trying to find a, a great outing for a group, uh, we've got a suite for up to 16 people at a West Virginia Power baseball game. It is a perfect opportunity for you to have an office party, a family day out, or if you have a Little League baseball team outing you want to plan, this is the place to do it, and you can enjoy the game from the comfort of an air-conditioned indoor seating and lounge area. It's located on the Brick Street Insurance Suite level. Uh, access to the private suite level wait staff as well. 16 game tickets included, but food and beverage not included, but a pre-order menu will be provided ahead of time. Just want to point that out to you. Uh, right now, the current high bid is $50. $50 right now for 16 people to go see the power. That's a pretty good steal. Check it all out at WRVC.com. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. I want to thank everyone here at the Union Pub and Grill for taking great care of us. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So for everyone involved with the show, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks and good night, everyone. W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.